0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Silicon Valley After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Stick around, because we may or may not have 40 minutes worth of snowboarding videos set to Diplo remixes. Uh, Stay tuned.
1: You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz
0: TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Yes, Silicon Valley After Show.
1: I can't even talk. Mike. Uh, I should check my mic, right? Is that check, oh, check, yeah. well, check, check, check. check, check,
0: check. <laughs> I, the music in the show is so good that I feel like I'm blaspheming it by, by talking, talking over it. it. Yeah, but even the theme song is fun. You know? It's yeah. great. Um, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the AfterBuzz TV After Show for Silicon Valley. Today we're talking season four, episode four, five, episode five, um, called Blood Boy. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. Because we met a new character that we're so excited to get into. Before we do that, guys, my name is Jeff Graham. If you guys want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham on Twitter. And I have an amazing panel to my
1: left. You dick. You Please. dick. Fuck you. I'm Christian Blatt <laughs> at Christian DMZ. just wanted to get right into my favorite yeah, chair. Really,
2: right? you know, this is the best job I've ever had. <laughs> What's going on after brothers is Nate Miller. You can find me at social media at Dog like Nate. And uh, I'm also on the Better Call Saul after show, too.
0: He's smart. I'm not smart enough for Better Call Saul, so I'm on the Silicon Valley after show instead. And you know what, though? For a comedy, this is a pretty smart comedy. Yeah. Oh, or at yeah. least it features pretty smart people. Um, and, and Blood Boy, who is not very smart. I think I
2: I think think it is. I think smart is a very good way to describe it, though, because they yeah. have a perfect balance of that slapsticky, like just silly stuff, but also a lot of jokes that when you think about it, it's like, oh, that's really, really funny.
0: For sure. It's very layered. Um, I feel like I'm not smart enough to even be able to multitask listening to the Beastie Boys. and s- There we go. I'm like, sometimes with such aggressive hip hop on this show, I'm like, okay, we'll do five seconds of the intro, and then my brain can't handle the multi- You just
2: need more aggressive hip hop training. That's, that's probably it what it
0: is. Um, it is a very smart show. And yeah, I thought today was a smart episode. There was a lot of great things that I liked. But overall, I'm interested to hear what you guys thought of season four, episode four
1: of Silicon Valley. Five. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah, I, was I, like, I could talk about pull last up week's week. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good. You know, I mean, we'll obviously get into the specifics, but there was one sort of underlying theme that we've seen a couple times this season, and that's Gavin Belsham as a sympathetic character mm-hmm. that you kind of feel bad for, even though clearly he's, he's a bit of a dick. But at the same time, you know, even even dicks have feelings. I just say that so that somebody could pull that audio out. I, I put it that way. But uh, I thought that, you know, his arc so far this season has been kind of amazing. You know, mm-hmm. watching the downfall of a guy that you probably would have rooted for his downfall in season one. But, you know, you definitely, you, you know, maybe you're not on his side, but you're like, oh, I, I feel a little bad for him right now. For sure. What
0: do you think, Nate?
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. It's nice to see him be developed as a character. And you still get. I mean, he he is still that dick. You still and like you you almost kind of get some of the motivation as to why he mm-hmm. is that dick, kind of a way. So that's where I think the sympathy kind of comes in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I love the episode. I thought it was I thought it was great to see uh, Jin Yang again. You know, uh, I thought the whole thing with Lori uh, was really cool too. <laughs> I like how they played that out. And uh, yes. you know, I've been looking forward to the Mia storyline like developing more, and they you know they hit it out of the park. For and me I feel episode. pretty
1: confident we'll be getting more than Mia story. Oh, I don't 100%. think it's over. No, uh, but back to your point about Gavin. The best representation of him as who he is is the sort of the meticulous detail he has of the garage for Peter Gregory's mother. <laughs> oh and you're in there, and he's showing you around. This is exactly the way it is. Everything was so simple, and then he opens the door, and there's his, of course, giant rich guy garage with airplanes and crazy cars <laughs> helicopters. And stuff. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought that was great.
2: And of course, another giant
0: portrait of himself.
1: Yes. <laughs> you can, Look, you can never have too many portraits of Gavin Belson, whether you're him or anyone else.
0: Yeah, I feel like um, we mentioned it before, but like this was another example of how this show will do anything for a great visual gag and really honor the production designers because that must have been a pretty expensive choice, that cold open to build a garage inside of a garage. And... Yeah,
2: my first thought when I saw it was like, holy crap, the detail. Yeah. like It looks like just how you would imagine some crazy genius's you know, garage to look like. Right. Um, and, and I was like, oh, this maybe this is going to be like a thing. They're going to do something here or something. Because it looked like they really invested a lot of time into it. And then just for it to be part of that gag. Is, right. It is impressive, the level of detail that they're willing to put in.
1: I mean, they probably didn't, you know, build that garage in that airplane hangar or whatever it was. They right. just had the door there. Yes. So, you know, I mean, we can give credit for the attention to detail. I'm but saying, it's not crazy. I'm saying, saying in terms of the garage Jeff's itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, bo- to me, it's both. And it's just their dedication to make a joke happen. Yeah. Like something I so relish on this show because it's just awesome. It's like a true comedy show. Um, even stuff like, I don't know if you've noticed, but The Door has the hole where Richard kicked. Yes. Just like, I really really appreciate that they like they respect that stuff on set. Um, it's funny, it sounds like you guys really liked this episode. I liked this episode maybe you didn't love this episode. It's I love the development with Gavin and I agree but then I'm bummed that it seems like we're going to be missing out on Gavin and I, yeah, I just, again, we hit the reset button again. I, yeah. I, I just, it's like now we're back to square one with the guys in the incubator again. And I was kind of excited about the opportunities we had. But you disagree, Nate?
2: I mean, I was excited at the idea, I guess, too. Mm-hmm. But it, as soon as I got into that meeting and I saw the building and stuff, like I knew that none of that was going to pan out. That would just be too, you know, easy for them to get right. that building and start progressing and stuff. I had a feeling that as soon as they saw the building, As soon as I saw the building, I was like, Well something something is gonna fall apart here because there's no way that this goes through like this.
0: I just I almost feel like I'm ready narratively to see something go through. Just I don't know, like I feel like we have gotten a more interesting side of Gavin, so I was enjoying I I enjoyed the idea of Richard and him actually interacting and it we might get that, but yeah, I, I thought this was a good episode, but maybe not my favorite this
1: season. Which is that's okay. But. Well, obviously the big loss for this episode was no Big Head. You yeah, know? no I Big mean, Head. I, I love Professor Big Head, but yeah. right, you know he has gotten a, a lot of time. Yeah. But yeah. as you alluded to earlier, we did get Big Head. I mean, no, uh, sorry, we got Jin Yang. We got some Jin Yang. Yeah, which, yeah, I was which glad. is good, and because he had Gen- the, young Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is oh, one man. of the things I took. Ehrlich outside. was
2: on fire yeah, it's a great this episode. episode. For sure. Tons I'm... of good lines and moments. It's yeah. fantastic.
0: Another thing that kind of disappointed me about the episode and I'm interested mm-hmm. to hear your guys' opinions on it was I feel like they haven't done a lot with Monica this season and what's interesting about this whole subplot is that like all of Monica's decisions and kind of like her agency I guess relied on other people so like her decision to bro down with Ed Chain was something that Ehrlich said or like her decision to move companies was something that Laurie said and I just feel like I haven't really believe that Monica is actually a successful venture capitalist during this season?
1: Yeah, I mean I think it'll show you how lost she is right mm-hmm. now that she's taking pointers from Ehrlich. Right. You know, for that's sure. something that we never would have seen her do earlier in the series. But she's just she's you know, looking into the men's room, you know? Right. And I thought that the scene with her and Laurie towards the end was great mm-hmm. because of course, it's got some great jokes in there. You know, I've, I've had four children. And she's like, four? And then, of course, Laurie also refers to, to the, her unborn child as, as this. this. She's, she's saying we're humans. Yeah, and then, of course, the best part is saying that Monica's her best friend. and and even Monica's like her reaction (laughs) so I think that the good Monica storyline I think would be coming you're right I don't think she's been particularly successful this season Right. and you know early this season kind of justified why she was going to be sitting on the sidelines
2: the only thing I want to I want to point out about that scene also is the ninja line where (laughs) she's just flat out no No. she's like you're (laughs) a fucking
1: crazy super ninja
0: no,
2: dead <laughs> completely. Like, why would you say that? I'm not yeah. a ninja. Obviously,
0: Cryer's so good. I'm still trying to book her, but it's even the small stuff. I noticed during her baby shower. If you watched her in the background, she's just kind of looking around, yeah. Yeah. sort of like a bird. Like <laughs> she's just. I well, just, I
2: think when I watched it again the second time, knowing that she already knows, I yeah. think you can kind of tell in the way that she plays it that she's aware that they're trying to play her, and she's, right. just, she's not really having it. Well,
1: once you know that she's had three children previously, <laughs> sure. I, I feel like she's probably been uh, – there's been an attempt in the past to try and edge her out. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we were, you were talking about Ehrlich being on fire, and this ties into Monica, mm-hmm. because right. uh, one of the lines that I wrote down because of how much I love her. It. it was like well it's like you said there's more dick in here than a synthetic pussy convention <laughs> which it's a great line but then of course she's like i didn't say anything remotely like that and just looks like huh as though he was really like really thought she had said that <laughs> genuinely confused
2: yeah. what i want to know as um watching when watching when uh we had big head on here and he was talking about all the outtakes and stuff i yeah. really want to know how many other great things that he said to her
0: (laughs) that they didn't
2: use because I'm sure that that was some real gold right there and hard to choose from
0: yeah I mean TJ Miller is such a gifted improviser I'm sure you're right Um, yeah I just um, I'm excited to see more from Monica because I think Amanda Cruz such a great actress and I sort of liked her as the straight man earlier in the show as kind of yeah. the voice of reason and to see her kind of um being a little inept this season i feel like i haven't like gotten on board with yet but hopefully we are set up for something really interesting with her and Laurie. And so we
1: just ignore that uh, there were ever any kind of like romantic overtures between her and richard right I know. Just, like not even like a moment you'd think that he would still think about it she'd probably legitimately have moved on he just strikes you as someone who maybe would would dwell on a little bit but I there's never really anything
2: i think that's gonna come back mm-hmm. around once they actually reach some point of where Richard actually has a win right. know, and gets in some some success and then I'm assuming with this, you know, plot line with them splitting off from Raviga that she's going to have more success also and things will be, you know, on the upswing for her as opposed to how they have been previously. This and I, and yeah. I have a big suspicion that they're going to those two things are going to come together, Richard's company and whatever Raviga split off
0: because. Yeah, I do too. I agree. It's interesting. I feel like authentic like a genuine earnest romantic plot has never been explored in
1: this show. Do you guys think it's something that the show should explore? Do you think it would work? I mean, I think it could work. And, you know, at this point, you're four seasons in. You just assume there'd be a fifth. At some point, you figure you can explore that in mm-hmm. the, the world of this show right. and, and see how it works and whether it does or doesn't. But uh, so far, relationships are usually only played up for comedic reasons, right. like Dinesh. For sure. And mm. Gilfoyle. by the way, another great line from the show, hey, it's Osama bin fucking. Mm. <laughs> Um, let's go ahead and talk about Dinesh and Mia now that you brought it up. Um, you were
0: excited about this, Nate. I know you've wanted to see Dinesh and Mia play like oh, yeah. played out a little bit. Did this episode satisfy your cravings oh, for that? Oh,
2: 100%. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, I'm a big Guilfoyle fan, so anybody that Gilfoyle regards as a threat, <laughs> if, there's some real darkness there, yeah. right? So already being set up for what is going to inevitably happen when the relationship goes south, as they always do. Right? Um, I was very excited to see uh, how how far it could, how far they could take it. Um, yeah, the, when she when she comes in with the with the bags and with the food, <laughs> and they go into the kitchen and she's like you know after they had their talk and Guilfoyle's like you still haven't told her you he know oh, we haven't we haven't talked about it oh I mean we literally just <laughs> discussed it right now
0: <laughs> yeah the way he delivered it was like well it was just held up in the conversation a minute ago therefore we did just discuss it <laughs> <Yeah. that." laughs> right Martin Starr's so good said, yeah it's always so
1: matter of fact when he's basically obliterating his timing is just yeah. like
2: because it's so deadpan and straightforward but the way he spaces the words like it's it's hard to describe but yeah. he just does it like fantastically
0: yeah this show does a good job of like making like closet badass characters like like Lori Bream for example like mother of four who's like smarter than all the dudes or like Gilfoyle, who's this tech nerd who's just like savage like I just that's what I like about the show is it's not your conventional badass characters but they're all in there yeah
2: but seeing them together in that scene in the beginning I wasn't sure if that was just another like nod to oh this is still going on kind right. of a thing and or if it was we gonna would play see more out later. but later when you know when he comes in and you know <laughs> with, with the phones phone and <laughs> freezer and, you know I'm just going to continue and shuts the freezer and then you know confesses about how he can't do it anymore yeah. and how she's going to kill him
0: or
1: and, get him killed
2: or get him killed <laughs> (laughs) Which is probably more likely.
0: (laughs) Did Uh, we find out how Dinesh tipped off
1: the FBI? No, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I think when the FBI something. shows up and he immediately gets up, he's like, oh, I'll take care of this. It was, it was pretty clear. <laughs> just, just the way but, that he
2: says it too, like, oh, gentlemen of the FBI, right, yeah. you know, how did you get here? Someone must have anonymously he, tipped you, whoever right. that was. You can be
1: sure that one person who will figure out what happened, it's Mia. That's yeah, exactly We're going to find out exactly us. how yeah, because yeah. she'll She'll, you know. she'll know all about it. But, uh, of course, you know, we had a great line as sort of all of this is going on because Jared said... <laughs> pillow talk is the best part yes. and he's just so sensitive although a little bit less sensitive i as do go on. i do
2: have to argue that i i think guilfoyle's response was better when he said oh, when oh, oh, the, the worst part is after the sex and he goes oh when you have to apologize <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> again another perfectly deadpan yeah, yeah, that's true just like fired right away yeah
0: but everything before it is foreplay guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, which it seems so jared too yeah like um, should we talk about Jared? This was a this was this, an interesting Jared. This is a big episode. Jared Donald moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.
1: First of all, let's talk about Don. Well, we haven't even really addressed Blood Boy. I and, know. And- Maybe
0: we start. I mean, we've talked. We've talked Mia, Dinesh. We've talked Lori and a little bit of her, like, But let's go Blood and Blood Boy focus. will lead
1: to Jared.
0: Blood Boy yeah. will lead to Jared. So um, at the very beginning, right off the top, we mentioned the garage, and then of course we're back in um, Gavin's house, and they're discussing the future of the company and Richard is conducting a meeting, Um, let's first talk about this discussion. This was a very interesting, I think, encapsulation of Gavin's approach to tech and Richard's approach to tech. Richard, of course, wants to roll out this product slowly in a stealth fashion and kind of make it a slow word-of-mouth rollout, and Gavin is pushing for this big rollout. Um, I just thought this was a very interesting way for the writers to kind of microcosmically explain both of their characters, and this show's good at that. Um, But then during the meeting... Gavin um, decides to undergo a um, routine that he's been um, doing the last who knows how long with his blood boy Bryce, who um, is uh, typical of the Aryan um, Hitler Youth. Is how he's he that's
1: exactly what he said. he <laughs> yeah. so looks
2: like a Nazi propaganda poster. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's what it was butchering that line. Um, so this was such a funny satire on like life extension, sure, which is a real thing in Silicon Valley right now. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys have been reading about this, but it's like we're not that far from people being able to pay to extend their life. Um, so I just... What did you guys think of this, introducing this blood boy
1: as... I mean, the concept is so funny, you yeah. know, and you just feel like, oh, yeah, Gavin is definitely the guy because he's willing to use anything to, you know, extend his life, make it, make himself better, you know, he... He has the sort of the the new age mysticism <laughs> element to him. He's literally being a vampire, Right. you know. So uh, <laughs> I thought it, it was very funny as a gag, but then actually as a story point, it was also really interesting. Yeah, the
0: I mean, obviously I'm, you're probably referring to the reversal of like type. How Bryce was victimized by his attractive appearance.
1: Yeah, you know, look, us really attractive people, we have to, <laughs> we do. I don't know why you're laughing. We deal with that all the time. People don't take us seriously, and uh, you know, we really. It's it's hard to be so beautiful as Bryce kind <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, this was... Oh, I have this actor's name
0: somewhere. His first name was Graham. He's on IMDb. I really, really liked his performance. I thought they did a good job casting this, and I think it's really important when you're casting the dumb jock in a comedy show, you've got to cast someone who can do comedy. And I thought he had good timing, and this, mm-hmm. was, this was a good performance for him, I thought. Um, were you guys surprised by this twist of, like... I mean, obviously, it was turned on its head twice, but... I, I just was very pleasantly surprised when Richard was called out for judging Bryce. Like, I just thought that was a nice touch.
2: Yeah, I thought it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I was completely sold. I think I kind of smelled a little bit of uh, BS in that situation. But yeah. it was funny in the way that they turned it around from, obviously, his half-ass apology. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Right. Um, and he just goes, goes off on him.
0: Yeah. Um, when we come back and see Bryce later in the episode, we find out that, of course, he's just a huge stoner, and everything he had claimed wasn't true, and he's just using this as a way to make money, and yeah, I mean, I, I just thought this whole, I don't know how realistic it is to the actual world of Silicon Valley, but I feel like acting as a kind of satire of people's obsessions with extending their lives was pretty interesting. Oh, here we go. Graham, Graham. Rogers. I'll Our see. producer in the booth, Ronnie. Thank you very much. Um, and
1: uh, yeah, well, and also once Gavin realizes, you know, that uh, he, you know, he had a blood test and he's like, "I'm, I'll be dead by the age of 120." And <laughs> of course, Richard's like, oh, oh, "I'm so sorry." No. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible but, uh, news. Yeah, I thought I thought it was kind of funny the way it all played out. And yeah, you know, it's another one of those examples how on the show things are not what they seem. But mm-hmm. uh, it
2: was perfect stoner comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, comes yeah. in. Oh, your eyes look a little bit red. Oh, yeah. I got allergies? Really? This season? That's weird.
1: You oh. a little paranoid yeah, there.
2: Paranoid? <laughs> what? No. And then, he, and then he reveals all the snacks, and he goes, oh, that's, those are for my guests, for my fat guests. Yeah,
1: <laughs> for my fat guests. <laughs> but yeah. then this does bring us around to... Jared Ms. yeah which uh, I'm interested in because as people who watch the show know Jared is basically Jeff's spirit animal so Absolutely. when he blew up like that what did you think
0: you know well we Jared and I have a lot in common I don't know if you knew this but I also have slept with um, the owner of a retirement <laughs> community to get my friend Muriel yeah. so we, that I wanted to we spent the
1: whole first show this season talking about it we all know the yeah. question
2: Definitely. is do you regret it No.
0: <laughs> yeah. okay for those who are listening <laughs> shaking I'm he his shook his shaking. head aggressively, aggressively shaking yeah. his head no <laughs> Gosh, Zach Woods is so talented, and it's those choices again. Like, he could have – I bet on set that was something – he may have been directed that way, but do am I proud of it? No. Do I regret it? The obvious choice would have just been to say no again. Yeah. But the amazing, surprising choice was just for him to shake his head. I was just, like, almost moved by that <laughs> yeah. choice by Zach Woods. It was very emotive. Um, the big moment that we had kind of predicted last week was we do get shades of Jared's freakout. Yeah.
2: I was hoping for some violence or, like, a weapon to be drawn or I something. think it's still
1: coming. You I know, think This, it's this still was coming, just, like, Jared. a momentary, you know, he's like, nope, it's all right. You know, he, he was able to dial it back down. What
2: but t- he just you just say? You dick, is that what he said? Fuck
1: you. No, he's like, you dick, you dick. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but, of course, you know, it's like we get that moment, but then also just the fact that blood boy just casually calls him Donald, and he's like, "It's Jared now." Yeah, like it's like <laughs> it's a it's normal just thing. Roll right through that, you know. Oh man, Well,
2: and then, it, his, his look—the look on Bryce's face too—of kind of kinda like, "Oh, okay." Like it's he's he's obviously seen him around, from before when he was with Gavin, <laughs> and he was you know how Gavin treated him.
0: Yeah. Well, and the other Jared moment we get is after the freak out. He's like, "I'm so sorry, Richard. Did, did I frighten you?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't used I heard the word "frightened" used in like a year. Um, yeah, good, great Jared episode. I'm trying to think if there's any other specific Jared moments. This was There wasn't necessarily a plot about him this episode, but he was just kind of tied in everywhere.
1: But he's a very versatile utility player. He can come yeah. into any storyline and deliver. It's
0: yeah. kind of been the whole season. We haven't really had any specific plot developments with Jared, but he's just kind of been the icing on the cake in almost every scene. It's a really strategic way to use him from a writerly perspective, I'd well, say. I
2: think they're moving him up a little bit more mm-hmm. from just, like, sidekick- to like a team member, if that yeah. makes any sense? Like yeah. he's actually on on the team. Yeah, he's not still just nobody's
1: like, friend, but he's still a part of their team. Yeah, you know. yeah, for sure. Because he's just so weird. Just no offense, it. Jeff.
0: It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I know that's how the dynamic of the panel is as well. Kind of. For those listening, I'm sitting here alone on this camera. Yeah. and Those who are
1: over there are partnering. That's why so. Phil's been gone for a few he weeks. The Can't even be around me
0: anymore. <laughs> um, we do have a Phil Speed back next week, just so y'all know. So um, we will have four once again. Um, what are we missing I guess Ehrlich we did learn a lot more about his um, marijuana habits (laughs) you mean his suitcase his suitcase (laughs) it's very impressive yeah we got some Barbara Bush we got some was it Billy Bush as well no Barbara Barbara Bush Bush Jr Jr. Barbara Bush Jr yeah
1: A lot of marijuana. Yeah. And it, you know, each time that Monica tried to take one, it was actually, no, no, that's actually for my stigmatism. It's like, oh, no, that one's for a real freak out. That's in case of emergency if there's, an, it, earthquake. If there's an, an earthquake. there's an earthquake. Yeah.
2: I want to know what that strain is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's have true. True. Put some of that in my emergency kit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got to be safe in California.
0: Got to be safe. Um... You know, it's funny. We've talked a lot about a lot of the comedy in this episode, a lot of the character moments in this episode, but in terms of development, I don't know if we got a ton. I'm trying to think of like what I've missed in terms of our coverage so far.
1: It, it's a very small move down the game board. You know, sort of. right. The storyline actually advances fairly slowly, although then there's sort of the big reveal at the end when, as we alluded to, you know, Gavin just basically freaks out. He doesn't even freak out. He just needs to take some time away. I Falling. thought he
2: was going to, like... Off himself there for a minute. It was pretty dark when
1: he calls Richard from the roof of the building. You can tell him. he's outside. I was like. He's not gonna. They're not gonna have him jump. Yeah, that might be yeah.
2: really dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean,
1: I guess that's actually when he was on the runway, but it looked like he was on the roof. Yeah, it looked of the like building. he was yeah, outside. So I, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for that <laughs> no, right no now. He goes on. And this comedy show, this guy jumping to his death. Yeah, I'm they gonna... might have been setting us up to expect that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but
0: yeah, did this surprise you guys, Gavin's coming of coming of age moment? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, especially with the amount of like. um uh, emotional distress that we've seen him be in lately yeah. i guess it kind of makes sense for him to have some type of exit so they can kind of reset his character because mm-hmm. at this point it really wouldn't make sense for them to be doing well and him to just bounce back and everything be fine. uh and i think the way that they played, played the bryce line the storyline around so that it would actually end up having a big impact causing him to leave and all that causing all the issues that it had was really cool yeah um, and in regards to just what we were talking about, the overall plot progression, it definitely is slow. But in my opinion, I'm okay with it because I feel like it's an accurate representation of the industry Yeah. in that all of these startup companies, all of these big CEOs had multiple failures, multiple mm-hmm. false starts, multiple things that didn't take off, that they tried again, and they did something different, then they did something different. And then eventually they hit the jackpot and they go get to really successful. So I'm thinking that, we're reaching that point, especially with him getting the patent and Gavin leaving means he has full control. Plus, we have the thing with uh, Raviga splitting off, so maybe they can get some type of funding there. Yeah. So I think that the, the things are starting to align for them to reach some type of progress. Of course, I think when that does happen, obviously, there'll still be some type of issues that happen. Otherwise, there'll be no show. Right. <laughs> but I do think we are reaching a point of some type of major plot. Turn. Mm-hmm.
0: You're right. I mean, I've heard it described that like running a startup is basically putting out fires, and like you're inches away from complete collapse until the acquisition, when in a heartbeat everything changes. And I think you're right that the show might be boring if they started to find success. I just, I think I'm interested in some kind of surprising failure, if that makes sense. Like, I just feel like at this point it's an expectation that they'll have to reset and like go back to ground zero. So. I'd, I'd like some kind of freshness injected into the hurdles they face, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I think we can still face those hurdles without it having be the same kind of narrative over and over again.
1: Well, it seems like the hurdle this season won't be Gavin, which yeah. you know, a lot of times it has been. So True. it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and I guess this is the halfway point of the season, right? Because there's ten episodes, mm-hmm. so we we've got the the next month and change to see where it all goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of uh, Gavin, by the way, uh, in, he you know he's. Evolved a little bit, but I love when Richard said, "You know, oh, you would have done the same for me." He's like, "Oh no, I would have let you bleed to bleed the, the street." street. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, he's not he's not that far yeah. off from the Gavin. I view. love to
2: Gavin's line where he's when he's on the phone with him and he's like, "Uh, you're are you why are you so mean to the to the what do you, he calls them service people or help help staff or something? Oh, yeah, so so you're, pro- just, you're probably really mean to waiters too. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm awesome to waiters. It just, just
2: in my mind, just picturing like." I, there's no world, being a waiter myself, there's no world where I imagine waiting on Gavin Belson and he's nice to you. <laughs> there's no, it, from what I have seen, like there's no way right. that happens. Yeah. That maybe he thinks that he
1: acts that way and it makes himself feel good. But he could be the kind of guy that leaves the 100% tip just, right, out, of, after just being out of complete a, guilt. Yeah, right now. yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, he could definitely afford it, too. Right. Yeah.
1: But that's another one of those moments when he says to Richard, you're probably you know, mean to waiters, where, like we talked about a few weeks ago, you're like... Yeah, you know, Gavin's really insightful when it comes to Richard. Richard is kind of a dick, too, just yeah. in his own way. You well, know? He,
2: he has that, like, completely um, socially inept right. thing of where, like, he's not trying to be a dick. He just yeah. doesn't realize that he's being a dick, which a lot of those super smart tech people have. Yeah. But I think it's it's you're you're hit the nose on the head. It it actually is a thing there, and I think that may you know if we do that's something I would like to see if we do reach that success point of them actually doing well mm-hmm. of like well how does that success actually affect them? Does right. Richard like just instantly go down the Gavin path and like you know be super smart and successful but just start being crazy and a dick to everybody? Yeah, that would, I think really cool to see.
0: that's part of the reason I was actually interested in the Richard Gavin dynamic is because like. Richard doesn't realize it, but sometimes he actually is looking in a mirror when he's talking to Gavin, um, even if he's not aware of it. So I just thought that was really interesting. And I don't think we've seen the end of Gavin this season. Um, and I guess this could lead into some potential predictions. Shall we move on to that segment? Let's do it. Well,
2: we have we, we have to talk about the the end here, okay? Oh, because yeah. not only was it a great callback, it was a two-week wait callback for that he, the greatest dick pic of them all Oh yeah, yeah. at the end that was I was yeah. dying yeah. when he said that because I was like the picture okay I guess it's kind of funny he sent the picture what, what's the point here he, you know right. Richard wrote the algorithm he knows all that stuff Dinesh comes out who's got two thumbs and no
0: dick pics <laughs> oh man
2: that was just priceless I just had to, I had to, had to I'm glad you some, did. give yeah, that yeah. some attention give it, it was, some love they
0: they worked for that one Um, I guess with that if there's nothing else Ronnie dropped that prediction but Bumper. Ron, Ronnie. And now. I predict that
1: Ronnie will play the production bumper.
0: <laughs> and now. Your AfterBuds TV predictions. <laughs> that was um, pretty good. That and was. There it is. It's like an TV echo in here. Yeah. The question is, was that actually us just doing it a second time? Yeah. Are right. we that good? I'll, I'll let people know it was. <laughs> You're that good. Um, so the reason I was excited to jump into predictions is because I do want to talk about Gavin's fate. Do you guys think we've seen the end of Gavin Belson for season four of Silicon Valley? No.
2: What
0: do we think what do we think is gonna happen?
2: What do you
0: think? I'm thinking that we're gonna
2: get some type of bidding war or something between whatever the Roviga split off is and Russ Hanneman. Mm -hmm. And I think at the last moment of the last episode of the season, Gavin's going to come back and either like save them from something or cause some issue or something. I don't think we're going to see him for the rest of the season, but yeah. I do think he'll come back, if not in the finale, the beginning of next season or something. I do, I'm 100% certain we will see him again, but I think that they have given him an exit for a considerable amount of time.
1: I think uh, my expectation is a little bit different from that. Uh, that we won't see him for a few weeks. That he'll actually be in the final episode, but not in the last couple minutes. I think that everything's going to be ready to fall into place. They'll have it all sorted out, and then Gavin comes back in, and there's some hiccup because he's there. You know, so they they had figured it out, but uh, I think that you know, obviously, they like the character so much we'll definitely see him again before too long you know they can only have him gone for so many weeks
2: well especially with the way that he left too like it's we works when we see him actually we're expecting to see some type of character change mm-hmm. because he specifically went to you know he actually reached some type of point where right. you're like you know maybe i could change some things about myself so when he comes back that's why i think they may reach some situation where it's like how are they going to get out of it and then here comes you know magic Gavin Belson to actually help them for once, you know.
0: Yeah, I kind of wonder if we're going to see like this coming to Jesus moment with Gavin, where maybe he does become this like altruist and like someone who like really wants to change his ways and like sees an enlightened path or something. I just I could well, I don't know, but I could see the character or the writers making a choice like that with this character because Matt Ross like plays a very interesting like hippie too we've seen in the past. So I don't know; it's hard to know right now. But I agree with you guys; he's going to be back in some capacity, and he will play into the plot in some major way Um, what else in terms of predictions I mean obviously Pied Piper is still going to face hurdles we just don't necessarily know from where um, I'm wondering if we might see Action Jack Barker. I mean, I guess they're not really tied to Huli in any way now, I think we'll see
1: him again, yeah. you know, because it'll be some sort of uh, competition angle. Right. But I, I don't know that we'll see him in the next few weeks. And yep. I also feel like we said earlier that uh, Mia will be back. Mm-hmm. Oh, she will, she will not be with doing time. And, yes.
2: Uh, I think we're going to get a few episodes of Silence, but she will definitely come back with a vengeance. Yeah, I agree. And I'm excited for, for Gilfoyle's response, mm-hmm. but then, of course, Dinesh's terror, too. Yeah. But, uh um, Um, just because since we're on predictions you you guys watch the teaser for next week too yes uh that i think is also interesting to see that dinesh and gilfoy are getting into it again we're getting some good back and forth between them yeah but i think that could become a big plot point in terms of the company especially since they're trying to reform and going through all whatever changes they're going to have to go through now with the two of them butting heads that Mm -hmm. really is not going to help
0: Right, and they made a specific moment to show Dinesh asking to come back. And I feel like they wouldn't have highlight, like, highlighted that if it wasn't going to lead to a plot development further down the line. So I agree with yeah. you, Nate. Um, yeah, I mean, like obviously I'm excited about Monica and Laurie. I'm excited to see Monica, I think, take agency over her kind of path. Because I believe that she's good at her job. We just haven't really seen it this season And, yeah, I just feel like, to me, her character's been a bit lost in terms of, like, how she functions in the show. Um, I don't know. I think we haven't seen the end of Jin Yang either,
1: but... No, I don't know. Definitely not. Yeah. We saw him right away in this episode. He's living in the house, not
2: paying any rent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's going to be there to just rub it in Ehrlich's face. Yes. Yeah,
1: even if that's all we see him do is just sort of be an irritant to, to Bachman, we will definitely see I'm
2: really hoping that we're going to get some type of development with Ehrlich because, especially after the seafood thing kind of fell apart, mm-hmm. he's just kind of existing now, which is fine. It fits his character. Yeah. But I'd like to see him either have some type of side plot line or at least more involvement in some of the main plots that are going on.
0: I agree. Yeah, I think Bach Manatee was my favorite (laughs) B-plot of last season. And, like, seeing him and Big Head work so closely together was so funny. And, yeah, I'd love to see some of that as well. It's just all these characters get shit on, like, that's kind of the thesis of the show, but watching TJ Miller get shit on is just, like, especially fun, because mm. Ehrlich is just so over the top. Well,
2: and that's even what I was going to say when we were talking about the the thing with Richard and, uh, uh what's her name? Monica. Monica. Yeah. Um, and how, like, Yes, in most T V shows you would expect some type of like relationship something between them, but this is not that kind of show. Right. It's just it, it if it did happen, it would feel so forced. Mm-hmm. Especially with the company's not really being involved anymore. Right. And the connection it does it's not like they have like this well, amazing chemistry. Yeah, I mean
1: maybe they realize they never should have gone there in the first yeah, place and I that's why they think, abandoned it. But I think that's it, what happened. It just you just feel like it's something that he probably still when he's not, you know, coding in right. his head, it's and probably that's why something I, he still thinks about. I think
2: it could happen eventually. I right. think it could could come back to it, but I'm glad that they're not like trying to force it into something that we've dealt with them being on and yeah. off again for four seasons already
0: the show I feel like first season was like 80% broad cynicism 20% earnestness <laughs> and like I feel like the show has shifted like those percentages have gotten further and further away as we've gone on which is I think is great you know there's plenty of comedies with heart on TV and this show has a little bit of it which I appreciate but for the most part it's just very broad and satirical which is I think what the show wants to be so any other predictions for next week
1: y'all Uh, I I feel like at some point Dinesh is going to look like he's about to cry just because that's most (laughs) weeks.
2: We're gonna get more Big Head too, yeah. especially since we didn't see him now. We yeah, you can't see the go two weeks. You can't go that. two
1: weeks in a row without. It's big just head. cruel. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I gotta know what's gonna happen with his uh, teaching position.
0: Oh, I know absolutely. And his
2: students and their their seafood company. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, that's true. We didn't see any of anything. Something's that gotta happen with that. Yeah, there's no way they let that go. I agree. We're gonna see some of that before the end of the season. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, with that, that is the Silicon Valley After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. This is our coverage for Season Four, Episode Five, Blood Boy. Um, for those listening, um, we also do a live streaming video version of this every four, every Monday at 4 PM, um, Pacific. So we'd love for you guys to tune in and join the live chat. We've had some commenters on our videos, which is really appreciated. And, um, if you guys like what you hear, go ahead and hop on. A, there it is.
1: That's you, everybody in the chat
0: right now. That's all, all five of them. Um, if you guys like, oh, oh wow. wow. 20, them, 25. 20, wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah if you guys like what you see go ahead and hop on itunes give us five stars give us some feedback we'd love it in the meantime y'all my name is jeff graham if you guys want to find me online you can do so at jeffrey c graham um for those who are interested i host a show on fridays called the unproduced table read and the first episode of that show it's a show where we table read unproduced scripts and we read a fast-paced drama about life extension in silicon valley so if that thing in the episode interested you i'd highly recommend
1: that podcast that's the unproduced table read you guys take us out uh, I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. I do the Trump Report on Tuesdays, Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Fridays here at AfterBuzz. Hey,
2: guys. I'm Nate Miller. You can find me at social media at Nate. I also host the Better Call Saul show, and this week I'll be guesting on uh, the Dear White People after show.
0: Nice. Cool. Uh, well, in the meantime, guys, this has been Silicon Valley. We'll see you next week, 4 p.m. here at AfterBuzz TV. Bye.